Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's a good thing. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also find us streaming on the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Or you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And I believe everyone needs a good pair of boots. And if you're in the market for a new pair, we want you to think Mississippi made. We've got joining us today, Ben Bowen. He's the founder of Double B Boots, which is just over a year has already sparked the interest of celebrities like Marlon Wallen and Hardy, who are sporting his boots and others. So welcome, Ben. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? Congratulations, buddy, on all the success in just over a year. Have you even stopped to think, like, what a whirlwind it's been for you? It's been a whirlwind since day one, so <laughs> I think about it all the time. <laughs> I'm sure you, I'm sure you do, and I, I mean, just recently, really catching wind of these double B boots, sort of going around social media, and I was like, oh, look at that! That's a Mississippi boy. So I have yeah, to know yeah. the story behind it. I know that double B is connected to your family farm, but why boots for you? What what took you to boots? Yeah, so I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up in Pontotoc, Mississippi. Um, my dad is a fourth generation farmer, um, so grew up on our farm. Um, he farms cotton, soybeans, and corn, and um, that was just always, you know, a big part of our life. Just you know, doing things outdoors and everything, and um, just a great childhood, you know, growing up on a farm. But I also uh, grew up showing horses, so uh, boots was just something I kind of just wore all the time that I always loved. Um, so it kind of just made sense that that would be the products that I would, <laughs> you know, one day, um, be able to make and, um, have a business with. No, so. no, it doesn't, Ben. Not everybody who likes boots says, you know what, one day I'm going to figure out how the soul and everything comes together and make this product yeah, yeah. my own. Well, but it I- was a lot of, a lot of things had to come together for sure. And I mean, I think the Lord surely has been in every detail of it. So, um. I, um, my first year, I went to Ole Miss. Um, and my first year out of college, I worked in the furniture industry. So that gave me a lot of, um, insight as to just how, um, kind of a, obviously it's totally different than the clothing industry or making boots. <laughs> um, but it certainly gave me a ton of insight as to kind of how, um, that business worked and just a lot of help with people in that industry. Um, also, you know, kind of helped 
Well, I think that's, too, like a defer to the pick boots. I know, I mean, for most folks, we have, I think everyone in Mississippi, especially if you uh, were raised any kind of rule, you at least have a pair, right? It's kind of like everyone has Uh, a pair of good boots, or you should have a pair, or wants a pair of good boots. Maybe I should say it that way. But I feel like it's something that's in most of our closets. And most of them have a pretty high sort of price tag. It's like you only need, you know, one good pair for weddings and funerals, and then you have your work pair in that way. But then you have like this middle road and so is that sort of where you saw a double b sort of being because looking at like some of your prices they're i mean you know they're not something that everyone's gonna have in every color but they're definitely i feel like obtainable for more folks was that very intentional for you yeah for sure i mean i think you know there's like you say you can there's boots that cost as much as some people's cars i'm sure <laughs> but um i think you know i feel like double b is kind of in that sweet spot of being able to, you know, wear a boot that um, will definitely last you a lifetime that is, you know, not going to break the bank, um, but it'll be a pair that you can dress up, dress down, you know, wear it to the office, wear, like you say, wear it to a wedding or, you know, like every day just outside um, hunting or whatever you want to do, you know. It's, it kind of just covers all the bases for you. So when you decided to open Double B, I'm assuming were you a business major there in Oxford? Was that what you got your degree in? Yeah, I was. I was in the business school. I was actually in marketing and corporate relations. So, Was this like any of your school projects? I know we've had some cool stories here on Good Things where students at either Ole Miss or Mississippi State have taken like an idea they did in school and then actually see it develop into fruition. Or is this something that you created, Ben, after you graduated, just knowing that that was going to be, you were going to be an entrepreneur of some kind? Yeah, no, I did not do this in college. Um, but it was certainly, I think I always knew I wanted to have my own business or I don't know if I should say always. But um, definitely something I was open to. Um, like it, it, it just t- took a while, I guess, to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but it was not a project college, but um, it uh, kind of just came about a few years after college. I can say other jobs that I had, and it just kind of, I don't know, my mind's always working in a million ways. So <laughs> kind of just got the idea and um, realized that there was room in the market for it and um, kind of, thought I could make it happen so I kind of just um just went for it so so how do you do that next Ben I know you've already got the name I mean they're using utilizing what your your family farm which is uh double b farm so double b boots sounds I mean just makes sense to sort of expand that brand but how do you get started next I mean do you did you draw it out do you go to like a boot uh place to sort of like get a prototype like I'm very I'm very curious how does how does what's the next step No, everybody asks that. So I always say, you know, I wish I could tell you there was like a step one, step two process, but it certainly wasn't. So um, I think, you know, I always um, liked boots, obviously, and always kind of every every Christmas and everything, I was always looking online, seeing, you know, what kind of boots I could get for Christmas or what I was going to ask for. And so I was always just obsessed with, you know, all kind of boots and, you know, everything like that. So I always kind of had in mind, I guess, my perfect boot or what I wanted to own. And it was kind of always hard to find. You know, a lot of boots are some crazy colors and shapes and everything. And so I was like, well, you know, I think I can just make what I want. <laughs> and um, so I, um, then I just, you know, the the biggest hurdle, I guess, was finding someone that could make them. Um, so I 
found a factory. Um, we do make we make our boots in Mexico, so I've got a factory in Mexico. Um, so I travel down there. Um, funny story. So one of the guys that has worked for my dad for since I was born, um, twenty five or so years. Um, he actually traveled down there with me. He was from Mexico. So it was a pretty crazy story just, you know, having somebody like that that's a friend, lifelong friend and family member, it seems like, that's able to travel with you and kind of be a translator and everything. So that's another thing that I feel like the Lord had a hand in. So it makes everything easier. Um, but I traveled down to um, Mexico and found a factory um, and kind of, you know, had my ideas together and was able to um, kind of, it was a, it was a three year process. I would say it wasn't. When did you get um, your first pair of double B boots and were they for you or somebody else? Um, They were for me, I guess I wore them. <laughs> They're sitting on my shelf right now in my house, but um, they, uh, I, I guess two years ago. So I probably had, you know, a sample of what I wanted for, a solid year or two, probably two years before I was able to get it all in production. So when, so I guess it was, it was November of 2022 when it kind of, when double B kind of went to market, I guess is how to say, Mm -hmm. are you online only or are you in like local stores or boutiques or do you have a storefront Ben? So I do primarily online, but I'm in two retail stores right now. Um, um, I'm in Hinton Hinton in Oxford, um, and then a store called MLM Clothiers in Tupelo, Mississippi. So, when did you start getting real traction? Because it's one thing to just have a product you know you love it, but when did you start to feel like, hey, maybe this is picking up? People are recognizing it. Obviously, you've got you know major names in the music industry wearing it now. Did that help, or did the sort of snowball uh, start first? That certainly helped. But to be honest with you. Um, I mean, right when we started, I, I feel like it was, I started a great time. Um, I started about this time last year. Um, it was Christmas. So, you know, everybody is um, <laughs> doing a lot of shopping then and everything. And it was the time of year to wear boots and everything. So, honestly, when I first started, I was overwhelmed um, at just the support so that, you know, friends and family and um, local Mississippians were able to give. Um, and get some boots, and um, so, I mean, it, it's been great since day one, honestly, um, but I will say, you know, we're, uh, the more events that I've gone to, the more um, people have just been able to, I've been able to share my story and everything, I think the more people you can be in front of, the more, obviously, it, it helps, so um, it's, it's just a set, steadily, um, st- steadily thing of just continuing to grow, and um, but like I say, it was, it was it was great when we started, and it's just continued to be um, be great, and I'm super thankful for it. So. Well, Ben, we're wishing you all the success. Keith and Meridian said he has uh, two closets full of boots, and he's happy to hear about Double B Boots because he's a boot man, yeah. which I think most will. So tell us where to go. Where can we go if we can look at what you got and uh, more about the product? Yeah, yeah. So you can go to DoubleBBoots.com. Um, and it's got a selection of men and women's boots, um, different styles. I think we've got about 14, 15 styles now. So, Well, best of luck um, to you, Ben. If you're ever in the Jackson area, walk your boots right on in to the studio, all right? Yeah, I will. All righty. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can find us on YouTube. There is a ton of content from Supertalk Mississippi on our new YouTube channel. Just search Supertalk Mississippi on the YouTubes. And that is not how you say it. It's YouTube. <laughs> or go to supertalk.fm slash YouTube. Be sure to subscribe for free to get the uh, latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports. And, of course, the good things happening in in this state. If you ever miss or want to go back and hear um, an interview again, whether on this show or one of the others, our producers, including Rhino, do a great job every day making sure that those videos and contents uploaded. So if you ever was like, huh, I wish I could hear that again, you can always find it over there um, on YouTube. Okay, it's Christmas, which means there's a short window that y'all will let me talk about Christmas music because for some of you, particularly my husband, it's just like very anti-Christmas music. He only wants to take it in small doses, speaking of like one maybe Christmas event at church and then that's it. He's heard enough. That's all he wants. And then there's others of you who have probably been tuned in to full-blown Christmas music since se- September and, you know, no judgment there. And then I feel like most of us kind of... A little of, bit of judgment. A little bit of judgment. I feel like... You started in September. I got a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of, judgment. of judgment. I think there's a station, I don't know if it's this, anyway, that switched over from a mix of things to straight Christmas around November something, the first of November. And if that's, hey, if that's your jam, it's there for you. If not, you can turn that dial. But I don't want you to turn our dials, so I wait patiently for the right opportunity to provide you with Christmas music. But when you hear Christmas music after over the last, what, several, it feels like a decade or more, what's the first name that you that comes to mind reluctantly? Sadly, it's Mariah Carey. Because somehow the woman has figured out, you know, she she considers herself the queen of Christmas She's kind of branded herself that way. That one song that we we could all play at nauseum in our head. I won't. We won't sing it for you. We won't say it for you, even though you're already sort of thinking um, about it. Has made her lots of money um, over the last couple of years. But I am here to tell all of those who are like, ah, she is no longer the queen of Christmas. Really? There's a bell curve to everything in life. And so now this year, along with most the most streamed Christmas song on Spotify, at least, is Wham! Beats Mariah Carey with their Last Christmas is the name of their song. Has received nearly two b- b- billion streams on Spotify alone, whereas All I Want for Christmas is you falls behind with 1.4 billion streams. So 600 million folks said, not today, Satan. We're doing something else this Christmas and chose to stream last Christmas. It has earned an estimated 15 million from Spotify alone already. That is nuts to me. That is, so this is a 1986 Hit compared to Mariah Carey's 1994, All I Want for Christmas. It's not that big of a gap in time. No, it's not. But the difference in the sound is stark. Very. 
And you just wonder, I mean, you can't, I'm sure there's folks with great degrees and interest in why and how, but at some point, you know, people, the market, I guess that's how you would label it, just does I think at what least part of the blame could be laid on Mariah Carey's commercialization of it. When it was just, ooh, I like that song, and that was shared by millions of people, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is organic. This is grassroots. This is from the ground up. And then Mariah Carey, being one of the last divas that will ever diva, decided to make it her personal mission to be the Queen of Christmas and has the countdown every year with some produced video that's going to She's just... She tried to take the reins of something that wasn't really hers. It just involved her song. And it backfired. Although she, you know, is still making good money. Oh, yeah. Off of it. The people that like the song are still going to listen to it, no matter what she does. She's earned an estimated 11 million this year in royalties off of Spotify, but it has a playlist that's reached 178 million. But she's recently landed in some legal trouble as she's being sued 20 billion for alleged copyright infringement. I don't know enough. That's all it sells me. So I'm like, oh, sucks to be you. I'd hate to get that posted, that, you know, notarized whatever letter in the mail, because that's not an M, that's a B. And good thing she's got good lawyers for that. And the remaining, though, you've got Ariana Grande's 2013 release, Santa Tell Me. Couldn't tell you one word from that song other than it's probably got Santa Tell Me. Okay, so I can tell you three. (laughs) Somewhere in there, Michael Buble's rendition of It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas is the fourth most streamed Christmas song. While I'm sharing these, you share your favorite Christmas song, 601-879-4395. I feel like for us and our Good Things family, it's going to be all the classics. There may be some of you who are more up and hip on, um, I guess, the newer releases. But I feel like we all go back to those just very traditional, either hymn-worthy, church-worthy kind of songs that stand the test of time that folks try to redo but never really can. I'll say one of my um, favorites is um, Lady Gaga did it with the, the gentleman who's no longer with us. And it's the song where they're wrestling. I don't know if it's really a Santa Christmas. Baby? Yeah, I think so. Um, and their rendition of it was really, was really good. Um, Tony Bennett. Yes. And Did they do Santa Baby? Oh, it's the one where it got... It's no longer politically correct because of the... Oh, uh, maybe it's cold outside. Yes. And I guess that's technically not a Christmas song, but it is a winter it's song often associated, associated with, with Christmas. With Christmas. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a beautiful um, rendition of it, both very talented in that way. I'll stay in the same vein because the, the one that I think of the most around this time of year is a duet as well, but it's one of those... Kind of like that, where Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga did a duet, and it was Christmas. Bing Crosby and David Bowie singing counterpoint to each other. Oh, cool. Where Bing Crosby is singing Peace on Earth. Or, no, Bing Crosby singing Little Drummer Boy and David Bowie singing Peace on Earth. But it's two songs going at the same time, two amazing vocalists of two different generations doing it all. It's 
It's just what, what, what more could you ask for? And it worked well. When you think of like Little Drummer Boy and then you think like Christmas does have a lot of that iconic music that's not words. Like it's um, I guess it's just it's songs, I guess, but um, it's just musical instruments. It's not you don't necessarily have to have words for it to be a song. It's really cool when you hear other genres put a twist on it that wouldn't normally be the classical way of doing it. And then you just instinctly know like what they're what they're saying and what they're singing. Like I wouldn't say that it was top tier, but my daughter is in the sixth grade band, uh, her introductory year to band this year. And so the whole sixth grade band put on their Christmas program. And so you're talking about, you know, tubas and trumpets and clarinets and flutes and drums and sort of all the things. And even though they're they're 11 and 12 years old and they're not classically trained, it's crazy that they can toot out these things and you know exactly like you can still sing along to them because you know, you know, you know the sounds, you know the, you know the words to them um so well in that way. Someone mentioned what happened to Nat King Cole's Christmas music. I don't know. What happened to it? Maybe it just got. I mean, it's kind of fallen out of favor because it's. It, it feels like Nat King Cole's Christmas album didn't get the same play as the the Bing Crosby's or Elvis or, or anything else from that era. But yeah, Nat King Cole, I've got some. Uh, I think I got some in here I can play. Patrick in Louisville says, I enjoy Christian Christmas songs, Silent Night. Yeah. Mary, did you know? Oh, yeah. And that's a new one, I think. But still, man, it's great. Um, and not so much. The it's Christmas, new-ish. New-ish. It's newer than Silent Night. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but not other songs like Jingle Bells and others like Steely that. Steely not. I can take, again, I need to be in the right spot and mode for Jingle Bells. I don't want to hear it just driving down the road. But like at a kid's play or something specific in small doses this time of year can put you in a good mood. But it's a fine line from good mood to now. I want to take the jingle bells and throw them in the trash and ruin some small kid's day. Like there's a real fine line um, between that. Bobby and Hazelhurst says Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Burly Ives. Burl Ives. Burl Ives. Is that like a fun rendition of it? That's uh, pretty much the most famous rendition of it. Oh. Who is this? This is Wham! Last Christmas. The song that dethroned the Queen of Christmas. So if you're sick of Mariah Carey, thank Wham! They did it! (laughs) And they're also getting paid for it, so there's that. All right, stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
棒棒。A newborn king to see, boom boom boom. Our finest gifts we bring, boom boom boom, boom boom boom, boom boom boom. Get behind this. So who is this, Rana? This is what I was talking about. It's Bing Crosby and David Bowie singing "Counterpoint." If you wouldn't have told me that, I would just sat back and enjoyed it. But now that you share that, I can hear, and then that's incredible. I bet that's really cool to witness, like watch a video of it or whatever. Which that's actually how it was released to the world was during a Christmas special on TV. I think Bing Crosby was visiting a home in England, and David Bowie just happened to be down the road. And it's all staged, obviously. But they show up, and he's like, "Oh, you're the guy that sings." And they talk about Christmas, and then the I was like, "No, they practiced that before." <laughs> but I mean, it sounds amazing. You and you do appreciate things like Christmas time, where they do bring multiple like artists from different places together. If you do watch any of those Christmas specials or some of those, they they do bring artists from different uh, genres together to sort of sing classics that we all know, which I think is really cool. I like the, kind of the crossover, the cross promotion um, sort of of that. And if you're just tuning into good things, we're just celebrating the fact that Mariah Carey is no longer on top anymore. I think that's a good thing. She needs to have a little humble pie when it comes to Christmas time. Many of you would probably agree, although her song is catchy and whatever. But Wham's <laughs> this great wait last, last Christmas, Christmas. Um, has taken the spot at least on uh, Spotify to to dethrone her. But Christmas songs are those things that we like or we don't like, and you have those that you'll listen to. You have memories sort of attached to them. And you appreciate hearing them maybe once a year, and then you're really glad that they get put back in a box and, you know, put on a shelf somewhere until the next year. But a little Google search said the first Christmas song ever performed was the 12 Days of Christmas, and it appeared in 1780 in England, apparently per Google. And it is, it also, We Wish You a Merry Christmas dates back to the 1830s, but was not published in modern form until later on. But the 12 Days of Christmas is one that, like, I can't stomach to listen to the whole thing. Well, half of them are birds. I just, I can't, I can't do it. And I guess technically by the numbers, it's more than half of them are birds. And the math, there's math. And so that's the hard part. I don't know any of the, like, history behind that song. But it's got to be a very... But everybody knows... Every little kid that has to perform it on stage's favorite part. What is that? Five golden rings. Why is that? Because they always put emphasis on it. it it's five the, oh, golden yeah. They belt that out and then rush through the, the last four to get on to the next round, the next day of Christmas. I know it's not Friday yet, so I was going to hold this for Tanya, but the family watched Candy Cane 
Lane last night, which has the new Eddie Murphy movie, the new Eddie Murphy movie which is on Prime. It's for your fewer Prime members. Wonderful family friendly movie. It's got Eddie uh, Eddie Murphy humor. It's not the best Christmas movie I've ever seen, but it's something new and fun to watch. And um, but it's well, all there's only one jingle all the way. There's but it's the whole magic Turbo of the Man. thing. It, it uh, centers around that song, but you'd have to watch it to sort of see it. And even then, I was like. Oh, you have to listen to this sort of, but the song kind of comes to life in that movie, and that gives a whole new terrifying perspective to the different levels of things that you're you're sort of singing about. So if that song gives you any kind of like anxiety, then about the twelve days of Christmas. Yeah, talking about right. the twelve days of Christmas, yes. Then if you ever feared all that coming to life at once, then just seven fair swans warning. would be a bit much. Would be a bit much. The one of the best was what is it? Ten Lords a-leaping? Yeah, Lords leaping, maids a-milking, swans a-swimming, geese a-laying. What's the first one? Partridge in a pear tree. Partridge in a in a pear tree. What's the twelve? Wait, can you do it all? No, not from memory. No. We I'd have do, to look up some of you them. You were doing fine until I put you until I put you on the spot. I feel like you are you're on a next level Christmas. But then again, we can all, if you started, if you, if we all started singing it together, we would all probably make it through it. Just, you know, and you'd be surprised well, usually how much one you know. through five, maybe one through six or seven you get. But you get into nine, 10, 11, and 12, and you're going to have arguments over which one goes which, which one's next. And yeah. Dustin and Walnut says, we all know it's not Christmas until we see Hans Gruber. What's that? Fall from Nakatomi Plaza. What is that? I don't understand. That's the ending of Die Hard. Oh. Which it has, Tanya did tell us, is getting... Re-released. Re-released in theaters. So you can now call it officially. There's actually a... um, I'm going to have to go see it because I never got to see it in theaters. Oh, that'd be a fun thing to go. In fact, of all the Die Hard movies, it was the last one I got to see. I saw the third movie first. Then saw the second movie, thinking it was the first movie, and then saw the first one. I was like, wait, is this a prequel? No, this is the first one. Wow, I got these out of order. Like you with Marvel movies. Someone mentioned that it's a great story to the Catholic origin of 12 Days of Christmas. So a quick Google search said, in 567, the Council of Tours proclaimed the 12 Days of Christmas to... Epiphany, I'm going to say it right. Epiphany. Epiphany. Uh, to just before midnight of fifth, January 5th, as Epiphany begins the 6th of January, as a sacred and festive season, and establish the duty of Advent fasting in preparation for the feast. So maybe there are, like, actual whatever for all 12 of the thingy-majiggies. But I think culture ruined it, because now we don't want to know anything well, yeah. about that. We just Now it's just a way to line up kids in a music class, and all right. You're in charge of one, you're in charge of two, you're in charge of three, and you just go down the line. So eventually, the Partridge and Pear Tree kid is the one that is sung the most, and the kid in charge of day 12, they might sing one time. That would be me. I'd be the kid. I would need to be that kid. I do not need to be the kid that has to sing the entire time. Number one, it's math, and then it's repetitive. I'm going to mess it up. Unless it's five. Unless it's five. Five, five, five golden rings. rings. Four turtle bells, three friends, friends, and a partridge. <laughs> I think it's two turtle doves. Two turtle I don't know. We all know, but you can you can muffle your way 
through it. You may watermelon, not watermelon, 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 watermelon. You may not be able to get it precisely, but you might be way through it. Rhino, how about Bob and Doug McKenzie's Twelve Days of Christmas? What did I miss there? That's the other fun part about Twelve Days of Christmas because it's so long and it has so much attached to it. You have other variations like. The Bob and Doug McKenzie 12 Days of Christmas. You've got the Redneck 12 Days of Christmas. You, you can you can fashion it into whatever niche it needs to go into. Bubba from Meridian mentioned Stretchy Pants by Carrie Underwood. I have not heard that Christmas song, but I would be... That would be interesting to, to sort of see. Grew up on James Brown's Santa Claus Go Straight to Town says Mike from Chicago. And then Keith the Meridian says, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. I do get tickled because sometimes we listen to the oldies station or at least the country oldies classics and how many songs there are about catching mama kissing Santa Claus. And then I'm thinking, like, as an adult, you know what they're saying. But I'm sitting there looking at my kid going, is she figuring this out or does she think mom's a hoe? Like, (laughs) and I don't remember thinking through it as a kid, hearing those songs at all, putting any emphasis on it. And obviously we all get the, you know, the gig is up. We understand what they're trying to say. But if you, if you truly still, you know. You think there's some sort of magic in that mistletoe. Then it's like, well, I mean, poor dad, like poor daddy, like he, (laughs) I think the Brad Paisley one may mention have some reference to like how am I going to tell tell dad or but like none of these kids are going to tell on mom not near one of them it's Santa so that's like way to go mom you scored Santa where sucks that it's not dad you know it's it's not I'm dad. getting a horse this year <laughs> if you listen to him it's just really strange if you just sort of played it out like if you walk down the stairs and caught mom kissing Santa Claus. You know, it's like, I think dad should probably be like, we should at least just give him, give him a heads up. But no, we're going to keep it totally under wraps and we're not going to say a word about it. That's what it. baby it's cold outside for. <laughs> we're just going to roll with him. Be like, go mom. Way to go. Christmas is going to be great this year. Wait, so, okay. Now, not to be too controversial here on good things, since we're going to a break, I can just throw, that, throw this out there as a hot take. Why is baby it's cold outside bad, but mommy kissing Santa Claus is still considered good? I don't think baby outside is bad. I think, I think they read way too far into as I am with mommy kissing Santa Claus. It's just funny to me if you listen to it from a child's perspective with, like, that kind of mindset. It's like, nobody's going to tell dad. Like, poor dad just gets completely left out of it. Like, kid knows mom's cheating on Santa. It's like, nah, not till I get my pony. And then maybe maybe in the new year we'll let dad in on it. But, but not right now. You just go on, mom. Good job. <laughs> All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. 
You cannot hear this Christmas song and not immediately go to Home Alone where he's doing the whole showing that there's a party at home to try to keep the robbers away or whatever it may be. You may have other memories tied to that, but at least that's mine and all the kids in the 90s. That's what we think of. Is oh, yeah. Doing the little jig and the dancing, and it's like, why'd you have mannequins in your... All these questions that need to be asked about these childhoods back in the 90s. But. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the mom was like some sort of fashion designer was the excuse. But that voice, how old do you think Brenda Lee was when she recorded Rocking Around the Christmas Tree? Hmm... Because you're asking me, then it's probably something that I wouldn't suspect because she sounds like she's in her midlife at that point. But I'm going to guess she was either really old or really young. Let's go with 13. Ding, 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 ding. She was 13 years old when she recorded that. I pulled that out of my, you know, wherever it may be. But ironically enough, being really young when she recorded that, that song just hit number one on the charts making her the oldest female recording artist who hit number one on the Billboard charts as well. Go, girl, go. At the age of 78. There you go. I bet she is sick of that song. I mean, maybe if it's not <laughs> still raking in some money, you appreciate it. I get that. Like, obviously, not every, uh, not all artists embrace their songs like Mariah Carey did. But at some point, you're like, oh, my God, if I hear that one more time or be asked to sing that one more time, I'm going to lose my mind what activity inspired the song jingle bells uh the only thing that gives this away is the lyrics itself i'm pretty sure it's racing yes a town-wide sled race how much fun would that be i mean granted we don't have many towns i mean just think of the lyrics dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh so you're like you're trying to go fast in as small a thing as possible Okay, so part of the gig in Candy Candy Cane Lane and the 12 Days of Christmas was doing math. So how many gifts did the singer receive in 12 Days of Christmas? Because you have to go. It's math. So they you go down and then you keep like because it's one and then it's two and then it's one, two, three and then it's one, two, three, four and then it's one, two, three, four, five. So it's 12 factorial, right? Well, that's a really big word to use on good things on a random That's when you Tuesday put the exclamation point on it. <laughs> sure, sure. There's a big exclamation point. Ah, if it's 12 factorial, then it's like, what, 4 million? No, 364. Oh, okay. So I don't know how My the, math was way off. I would, I would, one, I don't know what that word means. Number two, I would have not had any idea of sort of no, how right, to, I think factorials are multiplying. So, yeah, instead of adding. Good for you. I'm. I am so glad you you did you even knew that. In the song, Mr. Grinch, what is his brain full of? Black spiders. Yeah, I was trying to sing through the song in my head. We are on a Grinch kick this year. That's like the girls on repeat watching. Do you like the original, the cartoon one, or the what's his face one? Jim Carrey. Yes. I prefer the original cartoon one. Yes, I'm in the not the the CGI animated one. Yes, but if I had to have a second pick, it would be Jim Carrey. It would be Jim Carrey. I just don't really care for the the new Grinch. Well, I'm not know which orders did they come in. You had the well, the original. Yeah, the original with Thurl Ravencroft was the voice. The guy that did Tony the Tiger was also the voice of the song. Sure, 
And did Jim Carrey come before? Yeah, Jim yeah. Carrey was early 2000s. Maybe late 90s. Sure. Somewhere around there. He Yes, correct. In the 12 Days of Christmas, who sends the gifts? True love. Yes. We know these too well. In Santa Claus Coming to Town, the singer tells children, you better not cry, you better not... Pout. I'm telling you why. Because mommy's going to pull over this car, and she's going to take her shoe off, and it's gonna it's not going to end well for you. I know it's... <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have said, you better not cry, you better not pout um, in that way. The fun thing, though, when it comes to it, we've all heard most of them, especially the ones that make it from year to year, like Alvin and the Chickmunks. What in the Chickmunks zone does Alvin want? A hula hoop. Oh, yeah. You know, those kind of things. Whether you like it or not, you roll your eyes, you get over it. It's something that we all are sort of subjected to at some point in time. And there's plenty of Christmas songs and albums that we'll never hear. But you do feel like those that make it from year to year. And if you tacked on here and there, it's just part like we all just have to survive with them for at least at least a little while. Don't worry. You only got a few more weeks and then we won't mention it for another 40 something weeks later. But if you're working in retail, our thoughts are with you. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. But stick with us. you got more coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi. They'll be with you from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.